Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. The off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Seat Time, everybody. Episode 188. Do you have any idea how close we're getting to the 200th episode? Well, I guess that'd be 12, right? Yes, math works, <laughs> folks. Woo! That's Stay nowhere near science. That's what they call math. Stay in school, kids. And you're good at it, and I'm <laughs> no, so impressed. No. Uh, no? No. No. Terrible it is right. at that's it. That's 12. I think that's right. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm just bad at everything else. Oh, well, that's okay. Let's, but you got math down, and that's like half the battle. G.I. Joe. So, welcome to Seat Time. We are the online show for the off-road enthusiast. If you like riding dirt bikes and drinking beer separate of each other, this is definitely the show for you. We're going to beer drink and binge race our through, way through some of the things that have happened this past week, and maybe even other weeks, and maybe even next year. We can see in the future. We're that good. So, episode 188. We've been doing this for a while. Looking forward to the 200th episode. I think you're going to have to come on. Do you remember what happened at the 100th episode, Stephen? The table started without beers, and the show ended with the table full of beers. Like, and Sam Riddles was involved. Oh, good so, Sam. So it's gonna be a party. It's yeah, gonna be a it's party. Pretty much like, hey, come sit around a table. We get many more mics, and we just stream that. Okay. Start <laughs> and, uh, talking about dirt bikes, and then kind of yeah, taper and off everybody and... else and things, and it gets <laughs> nasty and fun. So, of course, huge thanks to the guys that do support seat time. Of course, Fly Racing, FlyRacing.com. You can go find out more about the 2016 gear that all the badass dudes are wearing. Their high vis stuff was really sick at Monster Energy Cup, and then some of the supercrosses that everybody saw. It was pretty bitching. So flyracing.com, thank you for the support. Of course, Kinda Tire USA at kindatire.com. Um, what's bitching there is the fact that they've got so many. They're really making a great push into the off-road market and not just kind of like, hey, here's our off-road tire. They're really kind of trying to create tires that for a while there we didn't really think we needed. But once you start riding on the equilibrium and some of their gummier tires, they really do make a huge difference. They last a lot longer than people expect, which is what you want out of a tire because they cost so much money. And then what's even better is Kenda's not super expensive. So you're going to go get the Dunlop gummy tire at 180 bucks, or you're going to go get the Kenda gummy tire at 100 bucks. Right. You know, even if you want to try it out, that's still a better deal. <laughs> I was up in Kansas the other day, right next to Missouri. Actually, I was in Missouri, and uh, we went to like four different dirt bike shops, and every one of them had that tire. Like, that's really popular up in Missouri for, yep. you know, riding on rocks and whatnot. Yeah, riding on rocks, and slick then, of course, too, it starts getting slick. Woo, buddy. Then you're like, yeah, I want that in, well, not in me, but on me. And by on me, I mean on my rear tire of said motorcycle. So kindertire.com. Go to your local dealer, of course, and you can find all that stuff there. And something you can't find at your local dealer, but definitely you should be checking out is stillwellperformance.com. Uh, Stillwell Performance is the place to go if you want to get better suspension for your off-road riding and or racing. They are riders, they're racers, and they love doing what they do, which is working on dirt bikes, specifically suspension. Now, if you have anything with 4CS, so you know, you're running a KTM or a Husky, you know, they've had a lot of people that have had issues with 4CS. They're definitely one of the people. Do you go read the reports from Dirt Rider? They're the only company out there to get five stars in their work Ooh, that's been tested by Dirt Rider. Nice. So that's pretty bitching. Um, of course, so you can check them out, stillwellperformance.com. Let them know Seat Time said hi. And remember, keep her pinned. <laughs> so 
We do have a chat room, tlk.io slash seattown. If you guys want to get in here and chat, we're going to have Jason Reigns on. And then, of course, Dale Spangler. We're going to be talking about all kinds of fun stuff with the new Yamahas that have been coming out, especially in their side-by-side, which just sounds like a raped ape when it drives by, which is amazing. And then the, the dirt buzz. Uh, I'm excited to listen to what Dale has to say. He's told me a little bit about what's going on there. Um, but to get more, I think that's going to be pretty bitching. We do... You know, what else recently has happened? Endurocross, right? Yeah, yeah. Here's the last, second to last round, the pin ultimate, if you want to get all kinds of fun and crazy. The pin ultimate round of the Endurocross series was in Boise, Idaho. Um, and we, we were kind of like thinking, okay, well, Cody Webb, is he going to extend his point lead? How's this going to go? And then we get Colton Haker's the winner. Yeah. And now we know the point lead kind of got trimmed up a little bit yeah. as we go into the last round in Ontario. But you said you saw some... Some some videos or something. Yeah, yeah. Hack, so I mean, hack, you know, hacker um, came from the back. I guess he went down early on and worked his way all the way to the back and goon ghost road over the finish. But I guess if you're just exhausted, that's okay. Is it? Is so. it? Was it just lack of commitment? <laughs> I think it's like a, this would look cool, man. Maybe not. Not like Brian Deegan full on ghost ride over the Supercross <laughs> in Las Vegas and whatever ninety five or whatever. Right. But yeah, just kind of like ah, I won, but that's okay. I can't talk. I mean, that dude's a man. So right. But, he is uh, a man. He is a man. He's the man. This comes in Durocross. Right. What are you texting? Texting somebody like, over there? Like get shit done at the same time. We're in a when show you, and you're texting. When you type into man. a form field, you're like. <laughs> And then you're like, wait, that was the search form field. And then you realize that everything is now shifted and thinking. And you're like, I can't get back to the other form field. I thought you were supposed to be good at multitasking. I mean, you're all into, you, you know. see this gray hair, 36, coming in? That's what multitasking does to you. It's getting, it's getting <laughs> tough. It's good, bad, or indifferent at it. It creates issues. Um, I'm not going to talk about the rest of my body. Um so, of course, and then if we had the West Coast Hair Scramble series. We saw Axel Pearson on beta get his first win. Uh, so, Ooh, congrats, nice. dude. I mean, you, you're a pro. You've got to remember what that was like to get your first win in the pro class. I mean, that's absolutely it's a, a joyous day. Yeah, and especially when you're 15 and it's your only source of income. It's great. It's great. Yeah? Uh, the extra 200 bucks, you know, go take school and spend on candy bars. Yes. But, you know, different perspective. Right. So, yeah, it's sweet feeling. Sweet. I hear you. Well, um, now you've been a KTM rider for a really long time. So, we're yeah. going to do some talking tonight about Six years. the new uh, the new Yamaha. So, what what were you riding though uh, before you went to KTM? So, you were on green machines? Um, I rode Gas Gas for a while and then I rode 450s in 08 and 09. Rode Cowie 450s in 08 okay. and 09, and that was great, but I mean, they're just heavy and bulky, so I went back to went back to a two-stroke. Um, but yeah, I wrote, wrote some gas gases for a while. That's okay. that pretty fun, you know. Um, was gas gas kind of like your first, like your your big boy bike, which you jumped up to um, when you kind of like started getting yeah know, on like yeah. I guess at the time like two fifty two strokes. Uh, I think I rode a two hundred whenever I first turned pro. I got a I got a EC two hundred right, and then you know two fifty after that. Okay, um, you know great great off road bikes, you know. So yeah, and um, then uh, up to the. Up to the four strokes, and then over to the... Have you ridden the KTM 
four strokes? Yeah, I've ridden a, I've ridden a 450, raced a 450 one time, and uh, dude, they're just amazing. Way one too much time, power. You were like, hi, I don't need that. I was in between bikes, and I got a loaner from the shop, and it ended up working really well. And uh, it's like, kind of didn't want to give it back, but you know, had a, my two stroke coming coming back in, but just a powerhouse, you know. Yeah. And then I, I haven't rode one of the 16s. I'm itching to because you know they've done so much with the motor and the chassis. Um, I'm kind of itching, itching to go ride one of those, but you know, uh, but no, at heart, I'm a two stroke man. That's okay. So. That's okay. Well, um, it, it, here's the thing. I know it looked like we're having a little bit of, uh, connection issues. Are we going to be able to get audio? Cause if we could just get audio, then that'll That's work out too. If we, yeah. If we could figure that because what the reason why I was kind of like, I wanted to set a little bit of precedence. Uh, and, you know, we, we've talked a lot about what I've ridden in the past. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that I've ridden Yamahas for a while. And yeah, you're a big Yamaha guy for yeah, a while. So, um, it, you know, what's going to be neat is we're going to have Jason Reigns on, and we're going to be able to get a chance to talk about that. But I wanted to set that kind of up for everybody with yourself. Yeah. Um, so that way they know, too, that, you know, you're 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 big, big, big two-stroke background, but you've kind of got that four-stroke background as well. And even when the bigger bikes, the 450, mm-hmm. we all know that, like what I've talked to is like I'm not a 450 rider. I've never in my life wanted to be on one. I've ridden 400s. I've ridden 426s. I've ridden the 450s and been like I never want to own one. Like they're all other other people's bikes. So I like the smaller bore. Yeah, I like kind of revving it out when I want the power, but then not not it's having a, it when I don't need it. It's a whole other ball game. It's like what do you mean I'm going to come into this corner, shift down, not use my clutch, not use my back brake, and just use the front brake? It's like what. Yeah. You know, it's a whole nother, whole nother ball game. Indeed. You know. So, Jason Reigns, we got you. It sounds like we've got audio hooked up. As, are you there? How's your evening going? Good, man. Yeah, we. I tried a couple times on video, and it just kept cutting off. So, I guess where I'm at uh, in the middle of uh, middle of the woods in Tennessee is not going to work for video. That that iPad knew that we were so sexy. It's like I can't compete. I can't compete. But everybody who out there, we did see a Yamaha hoodie. So just to let everybody knows his boss, just let him know. Yes, he had the goods on, right? He was representing. You got to represent. Absolutely. Well, okay. So you're in Tennessee. You're. I think you're actually getting ready to come to Texas to come do uh, a demo day here down at Oak Hill. Is that correct? Yeah, we're um, actually my truck will be there, but I got to be in. uh, so I got, since I got two trucks and trailers from the demo programs, uh, we got, uh, you know, Wayne, he's my, kind of my, my, uh, my right hand man. He's going to be at Oak Hill this weekend. I got to be out at, uh, Cahia Creek on Saturday, Sunday and Glen Helen on Monday. So it's, it's always tough, you know, as, as this program's grown to be at the same spot, you know, at the same time. Right. Yeah. And we, you know, recently, uh, the past couple of years, you guys have done, um, the event at Trophy Club, and now you're going to be down at Oak Hill and stuff. So at Trophy Club, you know, you could get a little bit more trail, obviously a little bit less moto, but now at Oak Hill, you're going to be able to get, like, all moto. And if you want to get balls crazy, they got some big old jumps out there, too. That oh, you can, yeah. You can hurt yourself. <laughs> Someone like myself yeah. could easily do that. So I'm going to try not to. Um, but, you know, we'll see how well, that Well, they're big jumps. They only got, like, two big ones, and they're tables. So, I mean, I guess it's probably a pretty good demo track over some of the other ones, you know. Right. But, and then yeah. you've got some trail back there. Yeah, because they've had a couple torn races mm-hmm. and such of the thing, of, yeah. such of the like. I it's like a patch of trail. A couple times have come up. Yeah, it's like a patch of trail. they got like an acre of actual woods. Right. And then it's all just field and berms and jumps. and Grass track? <laughs> lots of grass track. Nice. <laughs> so... Of the 2016s, I wanted to ask this because you kind of get the marketing hype 
Um, you kind of see the marketing. You kind of know what they're trying to tell us in that. But I want from you, Jason Reigns, like when you're talking to people about the 2016 lineup, what do you tell people? What What is it that you want to get across to everyone the most um, when it comes to talking about the, the new 2016 machines? Well, I guess, you know, Yamaha's finally done what we wish they, you know, for me when I was racing, we wish would, they would have done a long time ago, which is make us, you know, an off-road ready, you know, race bike. It's, uh, you know, people, including myself, when I first saw the YZ250F, it's like a, you know, standard YZ250 18-inch wheel O-ring chain and a WR train from the outside. But when you actually ride them back to back, they're really and truly like 100% totally different motorcycles. The motor's different, power's different, you know, the, the handling's different because the suspension's valid better. Uh, same thing with the YZ450FX that we're getting. You know, it's it's very similar to the YZ, you know, but the, you know, heavy flywheel, so it, it tames the power down, easier to ride for, for uh, you know, for us in off-road long distances. The suspension, you know, is uh, spot on. I mean, you know, you have to do the springs for your weight, but the valving is, is uh, I mean, it's ready to race. I mean, put some put some guards on it, put some, uh, you know, put some flex handlebars on it and FMF exhaust and, you know, go and, uh, go and rip it. Go, go and win yourself a championship. Um, uh, I wanted to know, so with the 2050, you know, in 2015, you guys came out with the 250 FX, a machine that everybody was like, holy crap, that's awesome that they finally did it. I think people have been asking and asking for it. As you said, even you had, and you'd probably been asking for it when you raced for them. Um, and not in a WR model. Um, so that happened, that came out. Now, how close, how, how close into those bikes selling when they came out that you guys were like, holy shit, we have to make a 450, like, and we need it now. Well, see what, what happened in the beginning was, you know, the 250 FX was a, a pretty easy bike for Yamaha to make, you know, it's the same chassis, same suspension, you know, uh, package, same swing arm, same, you know, plastics everything's the same they added electric start and put a battery on it and uh so then so then they it was kind of a test bike i think between us i think it was a test bike for yamaha to, to you know kind of test the off-road grounds and the biggest concern in the beginning was that the yz250fx was going to take away from the yz250f sales so it's going to be hmm. you know we're going to see the you're going to see less 250F sold and more 250F is sold where it was opposite. But they thought the 250F is still selling where it was at in, you know, say in 14. And then when this 15FX came out, those bikes were kind of standing on their own, you know, their own pedestal. Uh, so, it, you know, that's what I think convinced Yamaha to like, okay, let's come out with the 250X. Because the, the thing that we've been, you know, that everybody has been telling Yamaha for years is, you know, these 252 strokes, there's still a lot of guys out there racing two strokes. I mean, that's, you know, you go to the Virginia series, for example. I mean, their they're majority of people, when you look at their, you know, graphs after each number, a lot of guys are still riding two strokes. Same thing with the National Enduros. You know, yes, the pro guys are, you know, a lot of them are on four strokes, but a lot of your support classes are still two strokes. So they wanted to come out this act to be able to say, okay, the 250X is an off-road specific bike. Every sale that we get because of that bike is because because it's going to an off-road rider, not a motocross rider. Right. So gauge those those sales, and then that's where you know the last key to the puzzle has been the you know the 450FX. 
Interesting. Well, um, so we were talking about that because of the fact that you're a two-stroke rider. Now we're seeing this 250X. Um, you're primarily a 300, though. Is that correct? No, I ride a 250. You ride a 250, but you and do you do a lot of mods to it? You you do. I know that you have in the past had some crazy setups where you've gotten like XCWs and like put SX heads on them or yeah, vice versa. Ex- exactly. Yeah, we. I used to be riding a W, and you know it has a little, it has a better, different chassis. It's mm-hmm. a PDS system, and so I'd make it a little bit more motocrossy, um, you know, with a little higher compression head and eighteen inch wheel. But that's just a, that's just kind of a Texas preference for me. Now, if I was riding in the Northeast, I would definitely be on an eighteen inch wheel, and I'd probably leave the lower compression head, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know that that's just more of like a kind of a Texas thing because of the way that you do that we're always dry. Where it's dry slick stuff. So <laughs> yeah. 18 is probably not as good as in dry slick, you know. And then our our stuff's a lot more wide open. So I leave a SX head on, um, or you know, or put an SX head on. Right. Sorry. No, but, but uh, okay. So for what he's saying, you know, do you think the 250X, you know, that there'd be a lot of mods that somebody like yourself would want to do or need to do to to this kind of machine? Like, well, it sounds like the only thing. Jason, correct me if I'm wrong. What I mean, what all have y'all done on this is an 18 inch rear wheel, an electric start, and then better suspension, right? Well, the 250X doesn't have the electric start. Oh, it doesn't. From what I believe is okay. that right, Jason? A, no, it's got an 18 inch wheel. It's got a thicker base gasket, lower compression. It's got the WR, you know, wide ratio to tranny, where you know first and second are lower than the YZ, and you know fourth and fifth are higher. And then it's got uh, off road suspension. And then uh, the, the biggest difference that I see in the power is they got different port timing and they have a, you know, really radically, when you look at them side by side, the exhaust is totally different. Like the, the, the silencer is the same, but the exhaust is, is uh, it, you know, it's a lot different, which that to me, like riding a 250X, it feels a lot like when uh, Wibbly, when he had a, he had a YZ280, you know, the big bore kind of not a 300 but it was a 280 kit right. from yamaha it felt a lot like that where the yz the the standard one i mean when you're when you're when you're riding it you're going you know second into the corners and then you shift a third out of the corners we're on the the 250x with the uh, with the with the pipe and the combination of things you just carry third gear it feels to me like a and i get that comment a lot from people that that have a current say ktm 300 that ride the 250x they meant that man this feels a lot like my bike i don't have to shift that much it's got plenty of torque that's interesting when you said that that's exactly what i thought of is how like brian's story when i got on a 300 that's all that's what he reminded me and taught me he's like you're on a 300 now you don't need to shift like as much you know he's like you should be you can be in third a majority of the time so it's interesting to hear that that's like an exact comment that you were getting from people that have ridden the 250X. Yeah, and that wide ratio transmission's really amazing. That makes a bigger deal than people realize in off-road. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really, a you know, because, yeah, you might be five miles an hour in, you know, a creek bed, or you might be running across a field doing 80. So, you know, that's, that, and that's off-road, you right. know? And so that wide ratio transmission, that's awesome. I'm glad that they're doing that. Heck yeah. Well, yeah, so the... To me, the biggest the biggest differences are uh, it, comparatively to take the two bikes YZ the motocross version and the X. You know, the X is not a it's not a rever. You know, it's not a 
you know, you don't rev gear to gear, you short shift, you use the bottom end torque, you pull higher gears. But as far as like over rev, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't have near the over rev. But one of the things that, that, uh, a lot of, a lot of friends I know that ride the J day, uh, they were, they were kind of like, Hey, we want one more snap out of this. So they put a, you know, F, F, you know, FMF exhaust cause the FMF exhaust is going to be the same for the motocross and the off-road and, and that livens the power back up if you want to have, you know, more snap. Huh. A little awesome. bit of fine tuning there, yeah. of course. Yeah. And then, uh, so, you know, I would imagine that you guys have, you know, EFI for this coming out next year. On the two fifty X, the two stroke. We're gonna go direct injection. <laughs> the direct injection or uh, fuel ejected or however, uh, whatever funky thing, some some marketing term somebody's gonna come up with for some new fangle dangle. I mean, but that's and obviously we're in, in that sense joking. But it, what I love is that every year, for some strange reason, people bitch and complain that Yamaha doesn't ever change anything, but Yamahas are still great bikes, and they've been great bikes for a really long time. I think that they they're the ones that make big changes every 10 years kind of a thing you know what i mean and so they do a yeah. lot of time doing a lot of r&d on these bigger things where they tweak a, they tweak little things a lot less um and so it maybe feels like because you're not getting these new these big huge changes every two to three years that it's like you know what we made a fantastic motorcycle that doesn't break and that rides great and you guys can have a ton of a shit ton of fun on so you know why 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 do all that kind of stuff and it's like you know, you took that YZ250 that worked really well, made the changes that you knew you needed to make to make it a great off-road machine, and bam. And sure, some bold new graphics and some plastics, but other than that, does it did it, did it really need anything else? Do you think, Jason, that it's really missing anything from any other new fangle-dangle stuff that people talk about, you know, in the two-stroke or even in the four-stroke world? I mean, we all looking for direct injection. You know, that's been a talk of uh, a subject for years. And I know the technology's out there for every manufacturer, just nobody will pull the trigger for whatever reason. Um, but the, the base package on a, you know, really on a YZ 250 two stroke, you know, whether, I mean, they made the, they said the small change to, to the X to make it a, a off-road bike, <clears throat> you know, but the base package has been the same for a long time. You know, but the, I know a couple, it's been, you know, it's been a while ago. I rode Zach Osborne. He had a, uh, a YZ 252 stroke motor in a 2013, you know, YZ 250 four stroke frame, plastics, the whole nine yards. And he let me ride after and, you know, the frame was a lot more updated than the YZ two stroke, but it wasn't like, you know, night and day handling different. So the, the package is still there, you know I mean? That's one thing that, that I've always loved about Yamaha from our standpoint when I was racing was it was easy to test year to year. You know, like, okay, the bike's a little bit different here, the suspension or whatever it was, but your base package was was very similar. Same for, you know, for our race team, you know, for the Ampro team and for, for my XC2 team is, you know, year to year, it's extremely easy for us to to keep progressing because there's not big changes. It makes it easy from a racer standpoint as well. Yeah, I definitely KTM changes their chassis 
pretty often and yeah. yeah about every two years three years or whatever and yeah that's a big deal doing all changing everything you no longer and changing their suspension too <laughs> so because we're in four cs's now and yeah that's that's always a struggle to you know go testing from bike to bike and the four and, and, and to that point like we still see minute changes in the four cs every year mm-hmm. so it's like it's can't use the same stack as last time right so yeah that's that's got to be so for that's just at us at our regional level obviously if caleb got a chance to go national i think it'd be awesome and he'd do really well it'd take him a while to get used to it but you'd hang i'm an old truck driver now yeah yeah Faster. by old he's like 28 four yeah. um <laughs> prime he's still prime age i know he could do it he could do it um, okay, so let's talk about the 450 FX a little bit. What has been some of the reactions to that bike? Um, you know, I, I would assume when I rode the 250 FX against the 250 XC when we did that comparison last year um, oh, with yeah. Jordan, which is an awesome video that you guys can go find on YouTube. When we did that comparison, you could immediately tell how much punchier the 250 XC was versus the 250 FX, the Yamaha. Now, I, you know, we talked about it in our video, and that's exactly how we broke it down, and that's why we chose the FX over the XC, in the sense if that's the bike I was going out and buying right then and there. Then we had David Powell, Patch, he actually just made that exact same switch. He switched from a 250 XE to the 250 FX and did a write-up on the Seat Time website for us about it, and that's, he even said, he's like, I just feel like I'm not as fast, but the numbers prove that I'm faster on the FX, and he attributes it to the way that the engine produces power for him. Like, he's so used to the KTM and the XE being punchy that he he didn't feel that with the FX, so he thought he was going slower, but in the long run, he was actually riding smoother and so going faster. faster. So how does that translate to the 450? Do people, have people noticed that difference, and have they they felt, or maybe that that numbers are showing that they are um, going faster and maybe having more energy because it's not as punchy as maybe like a KTM 450? Well, and that's, that's the miss. That's always, you know, any one of us as riders, big misconception is because the bike is snappy and explosive and throwing dirt everywhere that we're going faster. You know, where the, if you take the, the, the YZ 250F versus the 250F, same of an, same type of analogy where the YZ 250F snappy, explosive, you know, for, for motocross, that's great. But for woods, we need traction. We need to have control. We need to go to, in order to go forward. You know, number one thing is you got to have traction. Yeah. So if you buy Z450 versus the 450 FX, it's going to be almost identical to the analogy you gave versus, you know, the YZ or the, you know, KTM versus the YZ250 X is you're going to see on the YZ450 FX, it's going to have a lot you know, smoother power delivery, more traction. You know, it's just that the big, the biggest difference for each one of these FX models is, uh, is the flywheel. I mean, to be honest, I mean, the WR250, WR450, the YZ250FX and the YZ450FX all share the, sh- the exact same flywheel. It's, it's 10 ounces heavier than the, uh, than the YZ models. Right. Have you guys played around with lightening that up um, on on any of the race teams? I don't know if if I would say that like somebody like myself would really ever need to play around with that, or if somebody were to make that aftermarket part. But have you, you know, played around with the race team wise of, of putting 
maybe like somewhere in between what would be on the YZ and then between that and the FX? You can't. We, we tried that because, you know, Ricky Russell, he wanted the, he wanted more snaps. So we right. played around with trying the YZ flywheel, which absolutely will not work. Um, and then we thought, well, let's try to shave some, let's take it to a machinist and shave some weight off, but you can't shave 10 ounces. I mean, that's a lot of metal, metal shavings. Right. Uh, when Wibbly rode the 450 WR back in 2010, uh, he did the same thing. He shaved the WR flywheel as, as, as thin as they could go without, you know, messing something up, but you're still... I mean, there's, I mean, I see it at the demo events, like, you know, guys that want snaps, they're going to lean towards YZ, the two stroke, the four strokes, you know, but the guys that are looking for more tractability, they're going more FX, you know, for me, you know, when I was racing, I was looking for more snap, but, you know, now getting older and stuff, I'm looking for that tractability. And, you know, I, I know everybody, that's, that's the, the funny thing about doing a, you know, doing the demo events with so many different, you know, types of riders is we're all looking for something different, different power handling, suspension, ergonomics, the whole nine yards, you know, so the, but the difference, like I said, the main difference you're going to see if you ride a, if you currently ride a YZ450 and you jumped on the FX, you're initially going to notice the power is going to be less abrasive, less uh, snappy. And the suspension, like if you ride a bone stock YZ450 and you jump off, of, jump on a 450FX, you're going to be like, man, this has been fully redone by Factory Connection. This is like their A-kit stuff. Yeah. It's-, uh, it's interesting because that was one of the things that David Powell, our friend Patch, was having the biggest problems with on his KTM that finally he was like, I'm done. Like he had a 350, could never get a suspension dialed away, got a 250. Um, liked the engine, but could never get his suspension dialed in, sent it off to qu- multiple people, but he did not send it to Stillwell, Stillwell Performance. I'm just saying, they did an awesome job of my 4CS, so they check them out. But, and then he got rid of the bike and got on the Yamaha and did nothing to the suspension. You know, literally, I, I, you know, I tried to remember what he wrote in his article. He might have had to change springs for his weight, you know, but yep. that's, that's, you know, that's just what it is. Um, and then figured out the clickers and bam, like just loved it. Um, so I, I think that you're right. Like there are just, there are some people are going to throw a leg over that motorcycle and just be like, that's me in a motorcycle. Like I, I like the way that this performs. And I'm honestly one of those people. Like if that was, that was a decision I had to make was, am I going to buy a 250 FX or a 250 XC? And then I was like, well, you know what? I've been on a 300 XC for so long. I really, really, really want to ride a 350 XC before I ever go to another bike. Like before I were to, so before I were to maybe step down in CCs. And so that's why I still went with the KTM. But honestly, if I were to go to a 250, I would have bought an FX. And funnily enough, after we did that review, we even had two different shop owners offer me. Good, good, great deals on FX. Yeah, like after we did that video, and, and I did, I wanted to take them up on it, but again, like I said, like I wanted to go to that 350 first. Um, so, are, are these bikes available now? Are they, you know, are, are people taking deposits, or if they're not, are they, you know, what's the deal on the 2016s, and when people are going to be able to go pick up their their first 250X? The 250X is, uh, I mean. We've had it on the truck since September. They're still trickling into different dealers, but they're, you know, 100% available now. The 250 FX, the 2016 won't be, 
probably in dealers until uh, I'd say middle of this month. But the 15s, you know, they're, you know, really and truly the 250 FX, you know, there's some big rebates on the 15s right now. And they're the, they haven't made any changes to that model. Uh, the 450 FX, that's going to be available same time, you know, middle of this month. Uh, you know, I think dealers are, are uh, you know, but here's the funny thing for me, like when that 250 FX came out, I mean, I got, you know, messages on every different form of life, like, you know, when you're going to have it on the truck and, you know, when can we ride it? 450? All year long, people have been asking for, where's the 450? Where's the 450? But I haven't seen on my side, like near the, as much as people said they wanted it, you know, I haven't seen near the buzz about it uh, as uh, as the 250FX. And I don't know if that's that's because of the, you know, this kind of a uh, the launch after that new YXZ1000 and all that stuff. I don't, I just, uh, not here near the buzz. I'm not here near the buzz about the 450FX as I was the 250FX last year. You know why? Because it, it's not a 350 if that was a, if that was a th- I mean just think about it if that was a three I, because and, and granted I have I haven't ridden the 250fx and do I want to ride it absolutely I would love to ride this to see you know to the point of what I was trying to make it's like a 250xc KTM was punchy to me you know so there's, I knew there's no way I'm gonna ride a 450xc or even an exactly. SF right like I'm too small I don't like bikes that do that so but if the 450fx you know, did like the 250 FX did and kept kind of the, the tameness, if you will, that tractability, as Jason Thames, uh, Reigns has now coined a term, I would probably start to consider that 450. But I think maybe that people, they're like, ah, oh, you know, that 250 needs more power, that 250 needs more power. But then now they're like, wait, no, that, two, that 250 is actually pretty good. <laughs> no, yeah, like, so maybe I think people have kind of like started to think you know, now that they've actually started riding the 250s, that the 450 might be too much. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, oh, my God, if, if you guys had a 350 stock, because I've had issues boring, you know, putting big board kits in Yamahas where they're just not as reliable. But if you get a yep. Yamaha stock, that shit is bulletproof. So if, if Yamaha made a 300, a 350 or even a 400, that was just some kind of range. Oh, my God. It would, you wouldn't be able to keep them like they're just oh. People would be selling their children and paying in cash. Yeah, there's a lot of people that ask, where's the 400? Why don't you bring the 400 back? You know, where's the 400? You know, the the old 400. Mm-hmm. And then that, you know, you're right. I mean, a 450 in the woods for, you know, two, three hours is, that's a, it's a lot of, that's a lot of commitment <laughs> to hold on to. Yeah, for us mere mortals. Now, you, you know, the guys in the XC1 class and some of the pros, now we know that, that yeah, they're going to need that. That's that you know, and that's their choice to make. That's why somebody like Caleb Russell, who's amazing on a three fifty, rides a three fifty. And you got other guys that are on their four fifties. Like it's kind of so. And my dad had old four hundred. Yep. Yeah, two thousand one. I had one put a hole in the back of my leg because of that fucking <laughs> kick regimen you had to go. Oh through. man, yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got, top uh, dead center decompression like a couple times. Yeah, de- de- oh. <laughs> pull it, pull. Compression release, put it down another two inches, and then, yeah, it was uh, quite the procedure. <laughs> I agree. Well, Jason Rains, I'm sorry that we're not going to see you anytime soon. Um, when do we get to, when do we get to film, buddy? We'll be back in Texas. Uh, I'll be 
I'll be back, uh, you know, probably. We're, we always try to do something around Dallas, you know, Supercross there in February. Um, so we're, we're trying to find a new spot. You know, Trophy Club was awesome. You know, so if you guys have any ideas somewhere around the Dallas-Fort Worth area that's, you know, offers, you know, something off-road-ish, I mean, that's that's our, you know, biggest challenge. Trophy Club has, uh, you know, just kind of, changed its direction i guess you could say and uh and we're you know looking to do something just struggling to find a, a spot that's uh you know comparable yeah you're, you're not changing with their direction <laughs> yeah you should check out village creek they got a lot of woods and, and then a solid mode but is too. it village yeah have you ever heard of village creek heard of it is that uh is if i'm looking at uh Say down in Dallas, is that east, west, north, or south? Uh, it's south, says south of Fort Worth. South of Fort Worth. Yeah. But pretty close to the Metroplex, though. Pretty close to where they do Supercross? Mm, oh. You know what? Arlington, yeah, yeah, it's shoot. probably 30 minutes away, maybe. Because yeah. Arlington, where you get where the Supercross is, for those who don't know, like we have Dallas and Fort Worth, and then bam, Arlington. Supercross happens pretty much right in the center. So, yeah, and Village Creek's about. Just, just 30 minutes, yeah, yeah, maybe closer. Probably pretty close to Arlington. Yeah, I think that Did might not be a bad place to have it. Or moto or combination. Oh, no, they got a great motocross. Yeah, track. yeah, they got, they got like, yeah, they have actually a night track, a day track, a kid's track. Yeah. And then they have, uh, they have a lot of woods. We've had a couple of races out there recently, so there's some really good woods out there. Really good. Yeah. Good to know, because that's, you know, we try to, you know, Supercross is a good time to, you know, be and you know, be there because you got you know you got people that are you know captive audience to 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 work with, and then you know if we do something close to to the Supercross, hey, you know we'll advertise at Supercross, and then after Supercross, what better thing to go and test a bunch of new bikes out? And if we do that, we'll have to definitely get you on that 450FX to do uh you know do uh do a comparison. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, but I'm not gonna hit the big jumps. Ever, I won't hit him on my 300. I won't hit him on my 350. I'm like, you just say it. I'm a vagina, dude. Come on, and you're there's sand in it. You're it's talk, just what it is. You're okay? talking about pinning it earlier, and now you're just gonna chalk throttle in the face. Come on, bro, bro. I don't, I don't pin it and then chalk throttle. I go, mmm. Sound like a pin and a chalk. <laughs> I did. I pretty much, see, I don't ever, I don't ever chalk it. I just go around it. Like I don't chop just it. Just stay on the gas just, around it. Okay, I got, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Like, I got gotcha. you. That's why the arrows, when I lay out a race, they go like this way, really gradually around the big faces. <laughs> they get back, back to on the, the jump. Oh, jeez. That's everybody knows this. It's okay. Well, Mr. Reigns, we really appreciate you coming on Seat Time and talking about the new Yamahas. And I'm sorry we didn't get a little bit more time. Obviously, we were getting some set up and the technicals and the and the heebies and the jeebies all figured out and stuff like that. But uh, thank you for taking the time and chatting with us. And we will look forward to February. 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 Yep. Well, sounds good, guys. And I appreciate you having me on again. I know, Brian, we've been working, you know, last month or so trying to get our schedules worked out and i appreciate you taking the time to uh reach out to me and get me on here absolutely dude and i'm sorry we didn't get any video of you you're sexier than i am and i really i really wish we would have had that I mean, maybe not caleb oh, man but me <laughs> man but me no I said, you he, you guys have got it i'm the one that's slacking over here remember pin at the chop buddy that's how i roll pin at the chop it's just all what it is Thank you, Mr. Range. You have fun in Tennessee, and we will definitely look forward to chatting to you in the 2016s. Sounds good, guys. You guys have a good after or good evening. We'll try. Bye.
<laughs> All right. So, I I mean, I'm telling Fun you, stuff. man, when I rode that 250 FX, I was like, holy yes. Like, I, because I've always kind of thought that when I rode the, the KTM 450s, or I'm sorry, four strokes, and I say KTM four strokes because that's what I had been riding, you know, most of my friends, most of the people around here, that's what they have, that's what I deal with, all that kinds of stuff. And I just, it reminded me of how much I really enjoyed kind of the flow that those bikes created. Um, back to riding Yamahas before the KTMs and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you got all that engine inertia, you know, going forward. It's, yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's so weird to think about that. And uh, even reading uh, Patch's post, he talks about that, how like having the, the, the gas tank a little bit, you know, it's it's centered underneath you. Totally and then centers the way. Right. It, it's like he, he talks about how weird he thought it was going to be, but then how it turned out to actually not really be that weird. It's just like any other kind of update you're trying to make you know mm-hmm. to to getting on a new bike getting on a different bike anything like that absolutely so go ride it a couple times figure out the quirkiness and make sure it happens so what's next as we uh wait to get dale lined up here what's next in the world of of uh of caleb and tccra's toros uh winter racing oh man and all that is Torx lots over, of fun stuff over. lots what's, of fun stuff we just we just finished tccra um, got a funny story about that. Go on. And then we're uh, we got Torn's getting pushed back more because of the rain out. So I'm everybody's bad. that sounds like everybody. Oh, dude, out, yeah, yeah, big time. We've had gonna be like we've, a spring all over. We've again. probably had a dozen um, uh, reschedules this year. And uh, so yeah, we got Torn going on, and I got I have a I'm winning Torx right now, doing good there. So that's but, not over yet. No, and there's they still have what do we have like three three races left I think. And so, yeah, so um, I'm going down there Saturday, racing Torx, and then coming back up here, racing Sunday uh, for Torn. And so, yeah, I think Torx will end in uh, December, and Torn will end in January. They got pushed all the way back into January. Man. Hello, Mr. Dale Spangler. Thank you for that, of course. You know, Dale's like, hey, I'm on. Screw you guys. I'm just going to start talking. (laughs) But that's the Dale Spangler we know and love. So you got a haircut today, buddy. You're looking pretty good. Clean living, buddy. Hey, a clean living. I like that. Was this uh, in uh, in Boise, Idaho, where you live? Can you go in and say I need the whole treatment, and that's like manscaping and all, or is it just really like neck, uh, you know, above the neck kind of a thing? Uh, it's definitely an above the neck, um, but it's definitely a nice little treatment. And you get the neck shave, straight razor. I mean, it's full on real barber. Oh, I love a straight razor. Now, obviously, I don't get a chance to do that that often. But that is one of those things when you walk out of there. I mean, it, you, your face is rejuvenated, Good. and not just because we're sexier, or, you know, or babier. I don't know, like baby face, baby facier. Dude, straight razor's good, man. Yeah. It's been a while since I have one. Yeah, your girlfriend's I'm, back there I'm, being I'm like, due. "Yeah, it has." I'm due. You get that shit taken care of, buddy. Yeah, my barber's uh, my barber's pretty rad. She uh, she's kind of old school and the, and uh, she's she's into the the barber the barber arts if you want to call it that. But she's just all about wanting to kind of share that it's it's kind of a she hated when I said lost lost art, but um, right, you know, it's not it's not it's not uh, supercuts. Let's put yeah. it that way. Yeah, it's like yeah, you, get, that, you get right? super cuts, sports cuts, and then you like all of a sudden you make this crazy ass jump where they all charge like fifty dollars more than anything else, and you're at like Tony and Guy or you know the Acu- dude. I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck in that man because you know I'd go to like the pro cuts, you know, and I'd go home and I have to spend twenty minutes in the mirror fixing, fixing it. it. <laughs> 
or I can spend 40 minutes trying to cut it myself, and then you jump up to the $50 and have to have an appointment. So, yeah, I'm kind of floating in between all that right now, trying to figure it out. Well, I hate hair. I have a lady that I really, really enjoy as a hairdresser. Oh yeah, okay. Pass her over to you. I will give her. I will give you her number. (laughs) But we're not here to talk haircuts. And if we are, maybe we'll turn that into another show. I don't really know. We'll figure it out. So (laughs) the big thing is, we wanted to to, to talk to Dale. Dale's always fun to talk to. You could talk beer. You could drink beer. You could talk moto. You could ride moto. But the big thing is that you've got Dirt Buzz out now. So you've got the Dirt Buzz, like Desert Bark. There's a tagline, and I'm, you know, an idiot, so we're gonna go with that. But, dude, where did this kind of this start? Like, what's the the you know the running behind it? Uh, it's just something you know. I've been around this industry obviously for a long time since uh, I guess my first industry job was 1995, and it's just uh, I don't know. I have so much experience in the industry, and I love to write. And my day job is you know I'm a I'm a content manager. And so it just kind of seemed like the timing was right. I love the uh, off off road side of things. Even though I came from moto, you know, growing up, I just feel like off road is just sort of refreshing. It's getting back to the roots of why we want to ride yeah. motorcycles. Absolutely. Uh, out riding with your buddies, drinking beer afterwards, you know, telling telling stories, rehashing the racing. I mean, that's kind of what it's all about. I think with with off road. And so the idea behind Dirt Buzz is just to kind of put my own little spin on things. And, uh, you know, not just talk about dirt bikes, talk about the things that everybody is into that rides dirt bikes, whether it's an iPhone app or beer or, you know, the man wash, like I wrote about, you know, yeah. shower gel. I mean, just random stuff, beard oils, you name it, you know, so I'm going to, my, my intent is to write about fun stuff that, you know, every dirt biker kind of deals with and, and enjoys buying and, and using for products and, uh, yeah, just put my own kind of humor spin on it and, it, it's it's been good for me personally, just because I felt like it sort of reawakened my uh, creativity with, with writing, and um, so in a lot of ways, it's helped me at work. You know, my my day job as well, just because I feel like it's uh, kind of gets my mind thinking in a different way, marketing wise. Yeah, um, it's interesting, and this comes at a time, and you have not discussed this behind the scenes and everything, but it, it, I've brought this up in multiple shows. And I don't know if you've noticed this as some, you know, you're driving a truck a lot, so you're probably not totally surfing the internet, but the past two or three months, like it, everything just died. And I don't mean like racing stopped. I mean, websites stopped being updated. Like we had a really good content aggregation going between digital off-road, innovation off-road, you know, off-road Viking, um, and, and, and those kind of sites. And then all of a sudden just like it, you know, the, the, everything dropped from my feed. Like I go to the websites and you could tell that it got very, very sporadic in there. Um, and I'll be honest, like I even thought, holy crap, man, if I had the time, this would be the time to, to just jump on the scene. But we've got way too much other stuff going on. So did you notice this? Did you feel that? Did it like help kind of peak a little bit more interest towards this? Or is that just like fantastic timing? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think it was you know good timing personally as well as you know what's going on in the industry like you just mentioned i mean and it's and it's nothing against those guys i'm i mean i think it's great what those guys have oh, done and yeah. i i, completely I still respect check their sites out yeah yeah i mean i respect how much they put into it i i mean it's a lot of work you know i'm already finding that out like working a, a day job and then also trying to you know put content on a site is 
you know, it's a second job, but it's also, you know, pretty rewarding. And so my, my thinking is, is what I'm trying to do is, you know, kind of complement the, the sites, that, you know, that are out there. The, you know, Jaunty from Enduro 21 and, you know, Digital Off-Road and Off-Road Viking, all these guys that are working hard and been out in the field for a long time, you know, like Rob Mitchell Films and, you know, like all, all the guys that have been out there doing it in the field for a long time. And I'm just going to be a guy behind a computer, but I'm also just going to be trying to have fun with it and support the industry as much as I can. And hopefully it'll be, a you know, kind of a sounding board for riders, off-road riders. If they want to share something, they have a story they want to tell, I'd be, I would love to be able to kind of help bring that to a place that hopefully will, you know, people will start to go and, you know, if it's once a day, just to check in and see if there's anything new, that would be, that's kind of my, my, I guess, ultimate goal. Yeah. Um, before I ask a question that could be really fun to see what your response is, what are you drinking? I see that, that can of greatness in your hand. Oh, uh, by the way, first off, in celebration of it is, you know, like it's, it's uh deer season. So I figured I'd run with the beer shirt. <laughs> I I totally I get see it. the symbolism. Sim- I get it. Symbolism. Cold. I'm not a hunter, but symbolism. I like the shirt though. You just hunt I good beer. The, Cold bear. Yeah, this, uh, this is my Montucky shirt. I got this when I was visiting <laughs> our friend Brian Elliott in Montana. Is it Montana? Yeah. So what I'm drinking is uh, it's an actually an Idaho beer called uh, Mutton Buster Brown, and it's from Payette Brewing. So Payette Brewing. Payette Brewing's good. You up for a beer review? So I would love to uh, <laughs> do some beer reviews. <laughs> so where my where my questioning was going to go is: Are you going to be the salty old bastard of off road off off road like Steve Mathis is the salty old bastard of motocross? Well, I mean, I'm definitely a salty bastard, but I don't know if it'll quite come out in the, in my website. I'm not really sure where that will really go. I I tend to think so far I want it to be a little bit more just a, a sense of humor, have some fun with it, put a you know, put a funny spin on it and, and uh I don't I don't know. Yeah, just just have more fun with it than anything. You know, maybe down the road, maybe there there'll be some uh some uh guest writers that might uh pipe in with some op eds. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's gonna be fun. No, I, I'm glad that it's out there because we need it. And I say we is in the very large community. Caleb, you might be able to speak to this. I don't know if you've ever thought about it. I don't know if you've ever noticed anything like this, but off-road in the the very large global sense of it seems like that's where more market share would be in the sense that they're going to sell more bikes because more families are just going to go into their RV and they're going to go ride. And they're going to go to some kind of place that might have a motocross track, but more, more likely it's going to have trails you know they're not racing they're just not riding they're off-roading right Right. yeah and i think you see that europe's pretty big on the off-road scene i think more you know more i think at the you know the kind of the the bar you know of motocross off-road riders it's a little bigger in europe you know and in a global sense yeah you're right but it's like why why do you think we don't that like we've we've seen seat time is almost almost on our fifth year right and in that time, we've seen off-road journal. We've seen, you know, all kinds of sites come and go. One, and then you know, a lot of sites just kind of stay at a level. Again, not that they're not doing a great job, but it's just that the money in the marketplace isn't there. People don't spend money in off-road. Industry people don't spend money on marketing in off-road. Much better way to put it. Why do you think that is? 
It, it, yes, Supercross looks Supercross, better on TV. Well, but is it just because it's on TV? Ah, I mean, man, you, you got think, me yeah, there. You got me you, there. You got to think that it is, but at the same time, like I like that's one of the things that I like about what Fly did, and not just because you're on Dale, but the Ride Life campaign. I love that because that completely, as Dale said, gets back to the root of it. Um, it's not. You know, trying to become the next James Stewart. It's not going out and riding motocross. You know, your thirty minute, your three thirty minute motos whenever the the tracks open to your age group, <laughs> kind of a thing. It's I just want to go ride my dirt bike, and I would love this new helmet, Dad, because it's bitching, and I saw it in this magazine. Um, you know, okay, and this is yeah. kid working his ass off to go get this kind of stuff. Like, I feel like if more people in the industry did that kind of marketing. Then, then more people in the industry would care about that aspect yeah. of it, opposed to just grabbing on to the people that are on TV and putting money behind them. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, you just quoted a Rocky Mountain ad. Pretty sure a kid worked day chores all day in the ad, and then Dad bought him a helmet. <laughs> well, I think it, it, that's, <laughs> that's kind actually of like, just it, it's <laughs> probably a little bit of both, but it's definitely part of the whole ride life thing. It's kind of but yeah. now. Off of that, Dale, you did work on the Ride Life campaign, so it's kind of, it might seem jaded that you would discuss this, but what are your thoughts on kind of that arena of, of why it seems that it's so hard to get people in the industry to, to think that they should spend money on the, on the greater numbers versus the select people that watch that are just going to then ask for discounts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's sort of like a, I mean, it's hard not to pay attention to the you know the bright shiny bright shiny object you know which is Supercross and there's not the quite the same luster on off road racing. It's not maybe not quite as exciting and you know like you said the television element and and the hype around the racers and the big pay factory riders and all that stuff. But when it comes down to it, you know, like the the everyday the everyman rider. Um, you know, probably a, a, a large percentage are the people out trail riding, um, going to the practice track, not even racing, you know, if they're going to ride motocross. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a huge percentage out there that in some ways kind of gets, I wouldn't say ignored, but, um, you know, that's kind of where that Ride Life campaign sort of came from. It was more about, you know, like like the commercial where the, the kid, you know, the kid works for, works for the helmet and he, appreciate, he appreciates it that much more and, um, you know, it wasn't about bright, shiny products in there. It was, it was more about just the lifestyle, promoting the lifestyle of motorcycling. And so in some ways I feel like that, that campaign sort of like turned and went 180 of what, uh, a lot of the standard industry advertising is, which is to, you know, product, you know, whips and in, in the corners, you know, they're going through the whoops, like the same old sort of endemic things that you see. And sort of, we, we kind of looked at it like, let's, let's go the other way. Let's kind of appeal to people's emotion you know and the reason that they even started riding a motorcycle and so to me like that's personally that's a lot more fun to do that type of marketing than it is to you know do the same old you know whips turns jumps whatever you know it's it's kind of refreshing to me oh i i completely agree um since we're talking about it how has that how what's the response been how have people reacted to kind of that campaign is it something that the reaction has been so good that you guys are going to be able to grow kind of that that 180 campaign that you have you've kind of worked with or not 
Yeah, we definitely saw a really positive response. We heard a lot of people say, like, you know, that was just so, not to use the same word again, but refreshing to just see something different, you know, and not just be so product-centric and just, you know, do something that was that was just kind of to help promote the whole sport of motorcycling and motocross. And so it was uh, really well-received. And, you know, that particular campaign has probably kind of seen its, you know, its course, but we, we've got some things in the works that are kind of, kind of build on that that'll you know be similar in vein to that style and so uh yeah good some more good things coming in that like in that style i think you'll see coming up next year well we like we talk about we have a chat room and we've got a couple good people in there chatting with us and um the space tornado no idea who that is love the name uh had a good point you know we were just talking about Andrew that. Campo. there you go oh that's son of a bitch so unfortunately andrew, it's andrew campo well he did have a really good uh point is that uh, so a potential first-time rider sees it on TV. We're talking Supercross or Motocross, um, and and they they are either a likely terrified or b the parents are likely terrified. They b b and so, so, I can do and so that. There's, there's there's no chance. There's no discussion in Supercross or Motocross on TV to say how to possibly work either that rider, that potential rider who's now interested in the sport, or b the parents who are seeing their potent, their child potentially be interested in this sport, there's no discussions within that TV realm of how to get involved. It's just ad, 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 as you say, of whip, 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 you know, whoop, 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 you know, yeah. kind of like product, product, product. Cool for advanced riders, right. not everybody. Opposed to not- what we saw with Ride Life, which I think is a great thing to see but the problem is is that it would be even better to see if the race organizers actually you know like oh and granted it's gonna be sound stupid but it's like oh interested in supercross (laughs) check out this site which then completely you know kind of shows you ways to get into it and it's it's not just going and buying the bike and getting the gear and then going to a motocross track you know there's so much more that can go along and i think a lot of people too like we've learned you know, your father's so ingrained in the sport. My father's so ingrained in the sport. There's so much more family aspect to this community in sport than what you see on TV. You know what I mean? Because yeah. what we see on TV is such a, it's a sport. I mean, that's yeah. it. It's a professional sport, period. Um, and so, I don't know, like NASCAR. Like, how the hell do you get in the NASCAR? I don't know. But at some point in time, some kid figured out that they could drive a car and they did it. But you got to think too that this is the same thing. There's dads and families out there doing that, driving cars of whatever degree you do to get into that. You know the community that surrounds that. Yeah. So yeah, you need the need ads. You know, going towards you know entry level. You know, you know family riding together, stuff like that. So that's yeah. That so we need more ride perfect. life, and I think yeah, I, I would that. love to either a. Um, you know, be in one of your ride life campaigns or, you know, be, I still think, I don't know, man, fly catalog 2017. I feel it, man. I feel it. it it's, it's getting there. Yeah. I can't wait for like maybe 10 years from down the road and we're still in this little banter. It's going to be fun. I look forward to it actually. One day I'm going to like, you're going to like be my neighbor and I'm just going to come over and be like, God, I'm, I've been drinking and I just, is it going to happen today? Is this going to happen? <laughs> And be like, nope. I'll be like, I see you tomorrow. What do you think? Is that how it's going to be in ten years? Or would you just rather get me in the damn catalog and get it over with? 
Yeah, probably at some point I will probably reach my limit, and then it will be you will be in the catalog. See, the thing is, is I don't get it. My wife's hot About here, like maybe right now. He he could like totally just like be like, okay, cool, great, whatever. You know, I don't need to hire a photographer. I've got friends. I can be like, all right, cool, get us some fly stuff. My wife and I will take a couple couple pictures. They can use one of them, and I'm like, yeah, woo, it happened. And we can even focus on my wife, and I can be in the background, use a nice bouquet setting. And I'm like shallow depth of field, and I'm all out of focus. Are we talking about dirt bikes still? But I'm in there. It's a fly catalog. It's, it's close. It's, a, it's close. It's well, like I'm still trying to figure out if what those things are on the side of your face right now. Are they pork chops, or I'm still trying? I, I never really understand. I don't either, to be honest. It's I I don't know where they came from. Like one day I just started shaving, and then like I kind of like, do you know how you have a routine? You just like get in there and you do stuff, and you're like, oh, okay, you just follow that routine. One day I didn't, and like I had chops, and I was like, "I'm just gonna keep them." Yep, I'm just gonna keep them. I had some of those when I was seventeen. Yeah, back in Z dish. Shut your mouth. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then I went on the Rip to Cabo, and I got I, I almost got the nickname Chops because of them. Like, and I was like, "Really? Like, this is, like these are not manly chops. Like, why would you even like want to give this little puny guy the nickname Chops?" But hey. I don't know, Dale, to answer your question. I'm sorry. Speaking of Rip to Cabo, I had a good time. Went out with uh, Cameron Steele after the Enduro Cross this past weekend and got to catch up with him. So, uh, yeah, such a rad dude. You're a lucky guy to be able to have gone on that ride. Dude, it was Seems epic. Like, uh, it was Yeah, just hearing about what he goes through on that, just to plan for it all year long and just, yeah, it's pretty incredible. It was, the like, I literally had to, like, call my dad and be like, I have to send the email that says I can't go this year. And he goes, I know. Because he, he knows I can't afford it again. And uh, so it was just like, money. So, and then I well, saw, that was one of the things we uh, talked about with Cameron was, you know, that thing could be probably, you know, it could be cheaper. But, you know, like the thing is with Cameron is he doesn't want to, he doesn't cut corners. You know, oh, he no. wants to do the best that it can be and as safe as possible and have the right support crew and, and, uh, I mean that's just the way he operates. He's one of those guys like, you know, he just he probably under promises and over delivers. So it's it's uh, I think it's pretty admirable what he's doing with that that whole deal. Yeah, and it's interesting too because his dad is called Big Daddy, and my dad is called Big Daddy. So that's what <laughs> that's why we like started like we realized that in the midst of all these emails that when he was talking about big daddy, he was not talking about my father. Cause I was like, how the fuck did he know that my dad's called big? And so that's why like we transitioned and my dad starting to be Papa Pierce like, earlier this year. It was cause we realized we're like, Oh, we're going to go on this trip. And I, we need to all start realizing that he's Papa Pierce now, not big daddy. So well, not him. Nicknames per se, are getting, but it's weird. But one inside joke next, next time you talk to him, um, He's gonna probably hate me for this, but you know you'll have to ask him, ask him about Carmen. Hey, Carmen, I'll have to I'll have to ask him about that one. You got it, buddy. It will happen. All right, Mister Space Tornado Andrew Campo, thanks for being in the chat room. We will look into the Scrambler community, and we will make it happen. <laughs> so, Dale, tell us what's coming up. What we should expect from Dirt Buzz in the near future, and maybe into 2016. Well, in the immediate future, I'm just going to, I'm really just focusing on getting content on the site. Obviously, it's, I mean, the site is literally a, a week and a half old. And so I've worked my butt off just to get the content that I have on there. And so uh, 
writing stories when I can, and you know I'm gonna probably have a few more. Uh, well, every Friday is gonna be a beer review. That's my goal. Um, every Friday's beer review. Uh, every Monday is Monday Buzz. So I'm gonna work hard to kind of bring all the race results from all the major series around the country and have it to be one place where someone can go every Monday and they know they can go there and find the results from national events because that's one thing I noticed too. It seems like you have to pop around to 10 different sites to find out all the results. And so my idea is to try and, I mean, it's, it's already, it's pretty tough. I've had to email some promote promoters and, you know, try and get them to send me the results because it's just, a lot of them are just buried in websites, you know, for all these different race series. Or buried so that, in a Facebook post of a Facebook post of a Facebook post that a writer got tagged in. It's like, exactly. Yeah. Believe me, so I know what you I know what you're going through. <laughs> it's kind of like an education process and a, you know I want I want to do it in a you know as nice a way as possible but I, I want to try and help these series, you know, by getting the results out there and have it be something where they you know people look forward to seeing that every Monday and and uh, I mean I obviously it's not anything new. I mean to to be honest that's modeled off of what Racer X was always did such a good job at the Monday wake up call and right. but you know it's to be able to do that for off road some of the smaller you know, series around the country and have it be something that's consistent will be hopefully that, that you know, that's a goal. And then, um, of course, you know, at least one product review a week, whether it's beer, you know, well, the beer reviews on Friday, but whether it's a uh, music review, you know, iPad, you know, something, whatever, you know, an app for, for your phone, it's just going to be totally random off the wall stuff that people are interested in. So, um, I'm also going to new Orleans next week. So I'm going to go tour the, uh, Abita Brewery, which I'm sure you probably have had some Abitas many times. I've uh, left there and gotten home and didn't know that it happened. Yeah, it's happened. <laughs> so yeah, I plan on doing that, like write a review on the Abita Brewery, and then I'm going to two shows. Uh, the Revivalists are playing Friday and Saturday night, and so I already did a review on their latest album, and I was pretty stoked. They actually posted up my review on their website, and so that that was pretty cool to see. I was, I was pretty happy about that, and then... Uh, so I'm going to go to their uh, their uh, sound check and hopefully meet those guys, maybe even get a little interview with them. So we'll see. Hopefully I'll be bringing some, again, just some different off-the-wall stuff that uh, hopefully will interest you know people that land on the site and uh, they'll still be able to get their, their moto you know, here and there and their, their off-road just you know results, fun, good behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, well, when you're going to New Orleans, I know you're trying to do the beer reviews and stuff like that. What we would like you to do for us um, you know, we have our side project, the proper pint, which is kind of like our beer stuff, if you will. So properpint.co, if you want to do, we would love it if you could do like a whole post or video or however you wanted to treat that of, you know, kind of like your top five New Orleans beers, like beers that are, that are, you know, that, are, that you had in New Orleans that maybe are Louisiana centric, um, something yeah. like that. Because I, I, again, exactly what you're saying, like there are people out there that are like myself, that are like you. We like moto. We do this kinds of stuff. But at the same time, we like beer. We like trying different types of beer. And it's not just about, as so many people out there think, it's not just about getting drunk. You know, it really is about, yeah. it's really about kind of like savoring and flavoring all these different funky, eccentric uh, things that are out there in life. You know, that's why it's so hard to get married. I and mean, there's so many different, I'm just kidding. That was shitty. I, my wife's awesome. Well, I, you know, honestly, I think it comes back to uh, we we all like cool. We all nice like nice things. You yeah. Know, whether it's a, a nice haircut, a, a good beer, or whatever. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of the angle I'm coming in at. So, uh, yeah, just gonna again keep having fun with it, and hopefully, you guys will get a couple laughs out of some of the some of the dumb things I write, and uh, 
Yeah, hopefully we'll get a following. Don't worry. I already have gotten more than a couple laughs out of the dumb things that you've written. Ha <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. But seriously, we love you. Thank you. No, um, I'm excited to see where this goes. You're going to learn a lot, and I know you're already learning a lot quickly. It's 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 ridiculously tough. It's so weird that it's so hard. Um, and what's even weird, weirder is that it's the, about the first three to six months that are the worst um, because you don't have a process. But then what happens after that first three to six months is then you find a process. So then the next six months, you actually get stuck in a process and then you don't grow. So it, it, it's one of those, it's that weird juggling act of like, okay, well, like, you know, what do I want to be consistent at? What do I want to not really care how it comes across, but I want to make sure I do like, and then where am I going to grow? Like it's, so I look forward to help helping you figure it out because I've got lots of ideas, but I don't ever have a place for them. And Steven knows I don't have time for it. So if I can word vomit some ideas to you and you can take them and run with it, hopefully it helps. Right. Well, hopefully a year from now, I'm still, I'll be back on the show and talking about it and I'll still be going. I know it's not going to be easy. And, um, like I said, timing was right, and props to you, man, for as long as you've been doing what you're doing. I mean, it's not easy, I know. Like you said, it's after a while, it becomes routine, and at first, I'm already like, you know, a week and a half in, and I'm already dreaming about things that I need to do, and <laughs> waking up at, you know, an hour before I normally get up, because I'm like, I'm already, my mind's already thinking about something I want to write or something, so it's kind of good and bad that way, but like, I, th- I look at it as like, it's definitely more towards the good, because it's, like I, like I said before, it's getting my sort of getting the creative process going in my mind that I feel like the last time that I had this feeling was when I was in college and having to write, you know, creative writing papers. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of exciting in that aspect. Hell yeah. I'm not going to lie. The second you mentioned college, I really thought we were going to have a whole different conversation with my college. <laughs> my college stories are nothing about like being creative. It's just about bad. I mean, amazing times. But okay. Let's not go there. Rabbit hole. Dale, thank you very much for coming to the show. Thank you for all you do in the off community with Fly, with WPS. We really appreciate it. Obviously, Fly is a huge sponsor of Seat Time, and we really appreciate it. Thank you very much for coming on the show, man. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, my, so the website's DirtBuzz.com, and then same thing on Instagram, at, at DirtBuzz, uh, the, the DirtBuzz on Twitter, and then Facebook, you know, just DirtBuzz, so... Yeah, appreciate anybody who follows me or anybody who's already followed. And um, again, hopefully, I can just uh, bring something to the off road community and just, you know, help out the best that I can. You can bring a beer or a bear or a deer, uh, you know, whatever your shirt says. That's what you can bring to the community. Beer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thanks, man. We will chat soon. Thank you, guys. Bye. All right, Caleb. Yo. <sighs> This weekend, where are you racing? Oh, uh, South Texas. Where are we racing at, Haley? Oh, the countenance on it. Joe's. Joe's place. Yeah, somewhere around Columbus. All right. All and right. then uh, podiums at 7, get in the car, drive five hours back up here, get a little bit of sleep, and out at Torn at 7.30 in the morning, and uh, do some practice, and then race again. Woo-hoo. Double headers, love it, love yep. it, a lot of fun, a lot, lot of, of fun. riding, a lot of racing. So I got a funny story for you. Go on. So we had the uh, the uh, last round of TCCRA um, two week, three weeks ago, three weeks ago, and uh, so 
Um, so all I have to do is finish the win, right? And you get a kick of this. So I was behind Cameron and uh, on the first lap, and it was a little bit dusty, and we come into this road section, and about 100, 100 feet, and then hanging right. And anyways, he blew up the corner. I couldn't see, and I knew I was coming into it too hot, but it was just too dusty, so I just lock out the brakes, right? And so I'm sliding. I'm like, okay, I'm going to blow the corner a little bit. Next thing I know, I'm airborne, right? <laughs> Um, and then I just hit the ground I'm like alright what's going on so kind of dust settles a little bit start looking around I'm in a hole like the size of your room it's like six foot deep it's a big <laughs> washout I'm like oh crap and like I can't get out because there's walls are around me and then there's roots on the other side and so by this time I'm trying to get out and people are coming by, blowing this corner up, and dust just falling and just settling in here. So I'm starting to freak out because I can't breathe. <laughs> well, how much? How much like uh, width? So you say it's about like it's probably yeah, it's about eight feet wide, yeah. eight feet deep to the roots, and then about uh, about six foot high, and just solid washout. And so I figured out. I couldn't get out, so I had to break the roots. So I'm jumping on these roots. Well, I'm trying to balance and then jump. So I break the first root, break the second root. Finally get out, have to go down into the creek, go over a tree, and then come up a wall and then get back on the track. And I'm four minutes down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, and yeah, because for a minute I was like, I'm not going to be able to get out of here. And I have to finish to win the championship. Yeah. But I finally get out of there, and, I, and then I just had to fight the whole race and barely i caught second on the last lap and so it was a fight but yeah i thought you'd get like that get stuck in a hole so cameron actually actually he agreed to a rematch because we're going back to patriot park for round oh, for two toro, yeah. round three of toro i don't know what it is so now, i think yeah they the just moved around already jacked up. yeah but i'm actually taking toro off this year you know get kind of get a breather because we added up i've raced 30 races this year so far so Gonna finish the season, do one Jack Toro, and you know take a little bit of time off. So, but yeah, he he agreed to a rematch. So coming for you, that'll be fun. It'll be fun. I like yes, that sir. you guys are still kind of going back and forth like at each other. Oh like, man, you know, yeah, like, like you guys have some great constant. battles. Oh yeah, con. I mean, we've been battling each other for seven years, but yeah, we have Buffalo Wild Wings every Thursday night. So it's kind of our just to keep your training routine. on track. Yeah, so we can talk talk crap to each other. He's 50 cent wings. We all get 50 cent wings. And we're like, let's go get some Mexican food. No, 50 cent wings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she loves it. She's like, oh my God, get out of the car. Oh, it'd probably man. be the same with Mexican too. So Yeah, well, no, no, she likes Mexican. She likes Mexican, but... You put up with them. oh oh You're we're nice. talking about gas oh oh I'm a little late to that one. Things <laughs> <laughs> don't give you gas. That's not a known thing. Whatever all the all the crap on that sauce. What? Oh, I go mild, man. I don't I don't weird it up. You'd be like, why is my butt? Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's no, I haven't had any wings backlash yet. None. No, no. Mm. Well, normally I get one the sliders, day. but they just took them off the menu, so I don't know what to do. First world problems, huh? First world problem. <laughs> they took my sliders off the Buffalo Wild That's right. Menu. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what's going on in the local racing world. I like Some it. Fun stuff. Fun yeah, stuff. we don't get a chance to... We just 
trying to keep a format, blah, blah, blah. We just don't get a chance to focus on Texas too much, which we used to do a lot mm-hmm. at the very beginning. But it's a little, you know. So um, much so going on. What I like scheme of things. about having you on and, and other local racers when we can get them on um, is that, you know, you're in the scene. You get a chance to talk about that, what's going on. And we can kind of keep everybody a little bit more in tune with that yeah, kind of stuff. Talk so about the local stuff. Keep as much to our roots as we can, because honestly, Absolutely. that's the kind of stuff that got us started in this whole thing. So mm-hmm. you racing Toro this year? I'm not. Um, like I said, like we, I was supposed to go race a mountain bike race, um, this coming weekend in Austin, but we're not going to that either. We've just, Steven and I got a lot of stuff going on in 2016. A lot of, a lot of new things that we're starting, a lot of cool, cool. old things that we're growing too at that point so like what? um well you'll know oh it's, oh it's not it's not for the some low-key stuff yeah, it's not for the podcast uh or for oh. the web show uh at this point in time anyway it will be at some point so in the works but it's just like yeah it's like we it starts adding up it's like yeah sure i'm gonna go spend 100 bucks going to this race or whatever it is you know what i mean like it it's always changes but still you're like you know what that money can be used here so much better so that you just start yeah, making these absolutely. weird stupid decisions and then and then you think about life and kids and paying for school and you're like oh my god this shit's real i have Man, no money it's ridiculous yeah like i think i'm like why am i in college all over again that's what it feels like but hopefully at least now one day there'll be more money i don't, I don't know it's just a repetitive cycle it's very <laughs> weird in that well, though you keep finding more things to spend it on. and I know, it's ridiculous. But what I want to do is I want to ride my dirt bike more. And that's a big yeah. thing about that's going to be coming up next year is that we're going to be doing that. Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to. You're going to be a little bit less racing, uh, a lot more uh, getting out there and, and doing a little bit, of, you know, taking the the idea behind Seat Time Adventures and kind of bringing that more to a little bit of a low-key, you know, to a weekend atmosphere to, to, to remind people, just like we're talking about with the Ride Life campaigns that they've been running. It's not just about racing. It's not just about going to these events and spending all this money that sometimes, you know, having a good day with, you know, for six hours with six of your buddies just effing around on two hills oh, can dude, be that's the best. just as much fun as like a whole weekend of racing. And so that's that's one of the big things that, we, that, that I want to revisit next year. And by two hills, you're so, talking about Taylor Park and by... <laughs> and you're talking about Colorado. Well, we're going back, yeah. So we're that, talking about mountains, talking about that, yeah. So one of the big things that is going to be doing that, and this is this is one thing that we were going to talk about is next week we will have our Seat Time Adventures video. Um, we're going to release it live oh, on the show. Cool. So next Tuesday is November seventeenth. Stephen knows he's got seven days to get it done. Uh, he's been working on it, so he's got seven more days to finish. Um, and so this is all the footage. Yeah, well, yeah, it's all edited down, and it'll be kind of like a, you know, kind of like we did for the, uh, when I did the Baja Rally. You know, we put together a 10 to 15 minute long documentary. Um, So this is going to be a full on, you know, edit of of what we did at Seatime Adventures 2015. And again, yeah, so, and then after that, we're going to have our Seatime Adventures meeting. So anybody, again, and this is open to anybody. If you want to Skype into that conversation, if you want to come to the Seat Time studio, which uh, Caleb is just so lavishly part of right now, um, you're, you're more than welcome <laughs> so because the biggest thing is we don't want to make all these decisions for riders. We want riders to tell us what they would like to do. And then, yeah, sure, there will be some financial obligations involved, but that's just because of what it takes to bring these events to fruition. Just like we were talking about with the Rip to Cabo. It's expensive, but the reason it's expensive is because Cameron makes all the right decisions for the riders before right. they get there. And it's the same thing with us. Yeah, there's going to be some financial obligation to come on Seatime Adventures, but that's just because of the fact that when you show up with your motorcycle, you ride 
we have everything for you. It's taken care of. And then you go home and then we put the video out and you relive it for the entire year. Like that's, that's what we want to kind of keep bringing to everybody's attention. Um, so look for that next week. That should be a good time. You can go to adventures.seattime.co. There's a contact form there that reaches me personally. If you would like to be involved in that conversation, uh, let us know and we'll do it. Maybe we'll just do a Google hangout. That might actually be a little bit easier to do. Um, to get uh, multiple people Good involved idea. in that conversation. Uh, so, yeah, we'll figure that out. We'll let everybody know where they're going to be. This is Seat Time. So this has been Episode 188. It was awesome getting a chance to talk to Jason Reigns. Um, Steven, I don't know what we're going to need to do, but I'm just really getting tired of not seeing all these beautiful faces. We've got to figure that out. We need to get the sexy back. The sexy back. Um, and then, of course, talking to Dale Spangler about dirt buzz that's been going on. So... Man, it's been fun. Thank you, Caleb, for coming in. Good luck and congrats on you know finishing that race to get thank your championship. And then <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. Get, thank congrats on getting out of the hole. Yeah, man, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bigger deal than it seems. I can only imagine. <laughs> like I can it was imagine. like I thought, it was especially because you're claustrophobic and oh, like you man. know you were crying, little baby. Like, like why are you tearing up? Because you won? No, because I didn't think I'd get out of that oh, hole. Man, freaking dirt in your lungs, dude. Oh, yep, such a baby. Gas it and chat. Gas it and chuck. <laughs> so, again, seattime.co is where you can find all the information about Seat Time. That is where we are of all of the shows. Uh, I still I cannot get Stitcher to get their shit together, and I apologize to everybody out there that is, is a Stitcher uh, follower of the show. You can find us on iTunes. Again, you can use the RSS feed on the website. You grab that to then just go and put in any podcasting app if you wanted the audio only. You can do that, of course. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash seat time. We are on the Twitters at seat time underscore CEO. And of course on Instagram, which is just easy enough at seat time. Um, man, it'd be great if you follow us, friend us, like us, tweet us real hard. Just have fun with it. It's internet. Don't treat it too serious because we try not to. Thank you again to all of our great sponsors, Fly Racing, Kinda Tire, and Stillwell Performance. Their links are in all the descriptions, all the comments. Please give them some clicks. Go to your local dealers. Ask for the cool stuff. Caleb Rezzi, thank you again for being on the show. Episode 188. We will be back next week with Seat Time Adventures and the meeting. So thank you. Woohoo. Peace.